As Jesus passed by, He saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is. But others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. He told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now, Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay in my eyes and I washed and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Now, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son, than that he was born blind. We do not know how he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is of age. Question him. So, a second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He replied, If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? They ridiculed him and said, you are, you are that man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we do not know where this one is from. The man answered and said to him, to them, This is what is so amazing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you are trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, 
Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is He, sir, that I may believe in Him? Jesus said to him, You have seen Him, and the one speaking with you is He. He said, I do believe. And He worshipped Him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with Him heard this and said to Him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying we see, so your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Today, we find the example of another disciple. Yesterday, we saw the example of the witness of St. Fotina, the witness of the woman at the well who allowed Jesus to transform her. We see the witness of St. Fotina who, who, yes, she deflected when Jesus wanted to go deeper, but she didn't deflect for long. St. Fotina who allowed Jesus to go into the dark parts of her soul, who allowed Jesus to go into the parts of her soul that, um, that it seemed like she didn't want Him to go into, and who was thereby transformed, and who thereby fulfilled the mission of the church, the mission for, for you and for me to go and make disciples. Today, we have a second disciple. The man born blind. Some people say that his name was Celadonius. We're not going to say that a whole lot. Um, so, we'll, the man born blind. A man born blind who worships Jesus. Remember the three activities of the disciple that we're talking about in this mission? Not because they're the only three activities, but because they're three activities from which we can learn to these days. And this man, he chose to worship Jesus. Disciples witness, disciples worship, disciples weep. And this man chose to worship Jesus, but this man didn't start out that way. He, he was just a... Just a, just a a blind guy begging who encountered Jesus. And when he encountered Jesus, he began to have faith. But it didn't come all at once. In fact, it never comes all at once. No. Our relationship with Jesus is just that. It's a relationship. If you're married, the first time you met your spouse, you were not as close as you are now. 
Whether you fell in love at first sight or it took a long time for you to fall in love, you're not as close as you are now. Because you've had time to grow in relationship. Time to walk together, to journey together. And that's true of all relationships. Romantic relationships, friendships, relationship with God. Every relationship grows over time so long as we foster it and feed it with the right fertilizer, so to speak. So today we see the deepening dynamic of faith in the man born blind. Or to say it another way, the deepening dynamic of trust. I I am not an expert in all the Greek words in the Bible. But the more I read, especially the more I read the New Testament in the Greek, the more I see that faith and trust are really the same thing. The word is the same. It's pistis. Faith and trust. The more I read, the more I think they're the same thing. And today, we see the deepening dynamic of trust, the deepening dynamic of faith in this disciple where belief culminates in bowing, where will culminates in worship. So let's dive in. Why was the man born blind? Jesus tells us. Not because he sinned, but that the works of God might be manifest in him. What is, what is the work of God? What is the preeminent work of God? Well, the preeminent work of God is to make disciples. That's what Jesus told us. What, what, what do disciples do? How do you get to be a disciple? Where you believe, you remain, you get baptized. What is the preeminent work of God? The Bible tells us in St. Paul to Timothy, God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So here's why the man was born blind. So that he might be saved. So that he might come to the knowledge of the truth. And so that he might go and bring other people into that knowledge, into that faith, into that trust, into that salvation. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples. And in John 9, Jesus tells the man born blind, He says, Go. Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Go. You are sent to witness. Like the woman at the well. Like every other disciple. Go. You are sent to witness. So the man, he's okay. Okay. And he just met Jesus. He doesn't really know, know what's going on. And so the people start asking him, what happened to you? Something has changed in your life, obviously. You can see now. But people ask that to us too. Not because we were blind and now we can see. Not because we've had a physical miracle, unless some of you maybe had a physical miracle, praise God. But most of the time people will say, wow, like something's different. Wow, you... you you just have more peace. Like I notice you don't get rattled as easily as you used to. 
man, I really just see how you're kind to other people. You're, you're, you're praying more. I, I notice that. And, and, and you're a little bit more joyful. What happened to you? And this man, he doesn't understand yet. He just begins to understand and he says, the man called Jesus. Clay and on him I said, go, be, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Sent. Okay. But then something deeper happens. This man is questioned further. And I presume that in the time between his being questioning, I presume that because of all of the questions, he has to reflect, he has to think more deeply about what happened to him. And when the Pharisees asked him, what do you say about him? Since He has opened your eyes, He said, He is a prophet. Oh! Because a couple verses earlier, He was just the man called Jesus. Now, the blind man recognizes He is a prophet. Okay, so they call his parents and they don't want to say anything because they're scared of suffering. They're scared of trials. And then they call him again. The formerly blind man. Give God the praise. Change your mind. Say that this man is a sinner. And the blind man, or the formerly blind man, he says, no, 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 no. Something has happened to me. I don't all the way understand it. I, 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 can't, I can't explain it or articulate it terribly well right now. But something has happened to me and, and I know that. And I will bear witness to what has happened to me. That's where it starts. We saw that yesterday with the witness of the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, and we see that again today. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to be able to explain it all the way. But I'm just going to tell you like, you want to know what's different? I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I met this guy named Jesus, and, and he's a prophet. One thing I know, he says, that though I was blind, I now see. But they push him. The Pharisees, they push even more. And I. It's got to be that this man had some inspiration from the Holy Spirit. What did He do to you? How did He open your eyes? He answered them. Imagine this. Sometimes, like we don't think of people in the Bible like being uh, a little salty or sassy or sarcastic. But sometimes that's effective. And he says, I've told you already. And you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become 
His disciples. I'm pretty confident that this man knows good and well that they do not want to become Jesus' disciples. But in, his, in the irony, in His voice, in the irony in His words, specifically, He actually confesses more deeply. He says, oh, I'm a disciple. Yes, I follow Him now. I already told you. Do you too want to become His disciples? And then, something interesting happens. Something that we didn't hear from the woman at the well. This man becomes a theologian. This man, he, he applies his reason to his experience. If we are going to make disciples, we have to have the objective and the subjective together. This is the truth. And nothing can change that. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. This is the truth. This is what it is. This cannot be changed. And when I encountered the truth, my eyes were opened. Just a little. And then when I encountered the truth, truth which is a person, the person of Jesus Christ, my eyes were opened just a little bit more. And again, and again, and again. And our eyes are opened just a little bit more. We live just a little bit more in the light. And we come to understand what's going on. We live it. We understand it. We witness to it. We explain it. The man says basically, look. You don't know where he comes from, but he, opens my, he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. But if anybody is a worshiper of God and does God's will, then God listens to him. Therefore, if he wasn't from God, he couldn't do anything. If God doesn't listen to sinners, but God did listen to Jesus, then Jesus must not be a sinner and must be from God. He applies logic. He applies reason. He leads with his own subjective experience. Jesus did this for me. And then, he goes further, and he says, more or less, this is why it makes sense that I believe in Jesus. This is, this is why it makes sense for me to believe that He was a prophet, or is a prophet. This is why it makes sense for me to live differently. And they cast him out. Here, I think, is a key point. The difference between the man born blind and his parents. The parents 
of the man born blind said, we will not give witness to what God has done because we are afraid of what will happen to us. We will not give witness to what God has done because we will be cast out. And we don't want to be cast out. The man more blind said no. No. I will not be afraid. I will give witness. I will testify. Same word in Greek. I think it's pronounced mortareo. Martyrdom. I will witness. I will testify. I will go to martyrdom to proclaim the truth. To proclaim with the person of Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life has done for me and wants to do for you. And they cast Him out. Y'all, we all know this. Many of you know this better than me. If we are going to live as disciples, the only way to live as disciples is to persevere through sufferings. The sufferings always come. Sometimes they're persecutions from other people. Sometimes they're difficulties in our own lives. They come in all sorts of different ways. But the persecutions, the sufferings, I'll say it that way, the sufferings always come. Sometimes in the form of persecution. Sometimes in other ways. The suffering came even for the woman at the well when she had to stop deflecting and let Jesus encounter those deep, wounded parts of her heart so that He could heal. The suffering came for this man in external ways. He was ostracized, cast off. But we only get stronger when we train. We only get stronger when we train. I woke up early this morning and, and went to the gym. And um, I didn't go to the gym because I wanted to wake up early. I didn't, I didn't go to the gym because I wanted to be short of breath or to be in pain, though I was. I went to the gym because I want to live a better life. Because I want to have energy. And energy for a long time. I went to the gym because I wanted my body to be better able to sustain the pace of life that I live in trying to make disciples. The only way you get stronger is if you train. That's true for the body and it's true for the soul. The only way we get stronger is when we trust Jesus in times of difficulty. The only way we get stronger is when we cling to Jesus when it's hard. I chose to go to the gym this morning 
Because I know that sometimes in the work that God has given to me, I'm, I'm going to have 12 or 14 hour days. Not all the time. Not super often. But sometimes the Lord is going to call, call me to have a certain amount of physical stamina and I'm not going to have any choice in the matter. So this morning, I made the choice to go do something physically difficult so that I could be ready to do something physical, physically difficult later when I don't have the choice. So for our souls, the care of which is astronomically more important than the care of our bodies. So the care of our bodies is very important. I choose to pray even when I don't feel like it and not deflect but allow myself to encounter Jesus. So that so that I can persevere through the difficulty. In Lent, I choose to fast. Or if I'm physically unable to fast due to sickness or age, I choose to do other acts of penance, other acts of sacrifice, mortifications. So that when I don't have the choice, or so that when I'm tempted to something that's not good for me, I can resist. I choose to give to the poor because I, I want to be like Jesus and love the poor, and because when I'm tempted to greed and to cling to all this stuff, that I can say no. I choose over and over and over again not to take the easy way out so that I can be better, so that I can be more faithful, so that I can always and every time love. Please God, by His grace. So this man, he perseveres through the trial and it leads to worship. Jesus found him after he had been cast off. And Jesus always does that. He always comes and finds us in our weakness. He always comes and finds us in our suffering. Do you believe? Do you trust Me? Do you believe in the Son of Man? And this formerly blind man, because he had the practice, because he had been growing, because he persevered through his trials, he was willing to believe. He said, Who is he that I may believe in him? You have seen him. I am. And he falls probably on his face. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Lord, I believe. Jesus, I trust in you. And he worshipped him. didn't come all at once. He didn't realize that Jesus was God right when Jesus healed him. It's a man called Jesus. 
He didn't realize right when, that Jesus was God, right when people began to question Him and the Pharisees questioned Him. He's a prophet. He hadn't even realized Jesus was God yet when He was willing to call Himself a disciple of Jesus. Or when He was willing to go through the suffering of being ostracized and cast off to the side by the Pharisees. His faith grew. His trust grew until He was able to worship and to confess the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Belief culminating in bowing. Willing culminating in worship. So be patient with yourself. Don't give yourself excuses, but be patient with yourself. So many times, we come into something like Lent and we think, I'm going to do everything all at once and I'm going to be a saint tomorrow. God can work a miracle. You could be a saint tomorrow. But that's not usually how God works. God likes to accompany us. God likes to walk with us. God likes to be in relationship with you and with me. So be patient with yourself. Let Jesus walk with you. Let Jesus go ever deeper, probe ever deeper into your soul. And let us, with the man born blind, bow down and worship Him.